This is Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. Appalachian Vibes is a show dedicated to challenging the expectations and celebrating the diversity of music and art created in and around Appalachia. Appalachian Vibes is brought to you by Galax Tourism, made possible by Virginia is for Lovers. My guests this week are the progressive and experimental rock musicians of the James Legault Band from Roanoke, Virginia. We discuss their inspiration behind the music and Ben Epperly's chaotic genius on the keyboard. And Candace Newman is the inspirational artist behind Emerald Pine Originals. She shares her incredible personal journey of following her faith into the mysterious world of art. That's the next hour on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. Last week on Appalachian Vibes, my guest was Americana artist Cody Christian from Powhatan, Virginia. They were going to fire me if I didn't shave. Um, you know, and I, I really didn't like that job enough to uh, you know, shave my face for them for what I saw as being a really, really, really dumb reason. Uh, and they didn't even have to do that to me. That was the worst part. Like they didn't have to, they didn't have to push that hard, but I mean, they gave me several warnings and on the last one, they're like, Hey man, if you don't show up to this class, clean shaven, like you will be fired that day. And so that day I was supposed to come in clean shaven. And instead of doing that, I came in with my beard. I was wearing like my denim. I had my, you know, my nice uh, cowboy hat on and stuff. And I sent out a uh, email, which with my resignation letter um, to about, it was about, I think three to 5,000 people that email was sent to. Uh, and then that, you know, quickly went around. I think there's like 30,000 people that work there. So, I mean, the, the letter was pretty, pretty all audacious. What'd you, you know, say in your letter? Uh, so basically, um, uh, I mean, I addressed it to whom it may concern, you know, I'm informing you of my intentions to, uh, quit this job effective right now. Um, you know, I want to work at a company where my beard is valued. Um, yeah. And I also put in that letter, uh, you know, promote my album being like, Hey, I've got an album dropping, uh, 2022 Canary in a coal mine. You can find it on all streaming platforms. Uh, love to see it.
That was two-week notice from Cody Christian. You can learn more about Cody at CodyChristianMusic.com or listen to the full interview on AppalachianVibes.net. You're listening to Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. My guests today are members from the progressive rock and sometimes experimental, the James Legault Band from Roanoke, Virginia. My name is James Legault, and I'm a guitar player, and I sing. Uh, and Ben? I'm Ben Epperly. Um, I play piano. I've graduated from uh, Virginia Tech, Bachelor's Music Technology. And I tend to play I'm more, I'm more considered, I try to consider myself more of a like a jazz pianist. Tell everybody what kind of music you play and what you're into. We are, are multi-genre uh, writers, composers. We write music across multiple genres, but we lean more towards the fusion jazz, uh, prog rock, um, fusion blues mm-hmm. with a little funky edge to it. The core of what we do is Fusion jazz and prog rock. Cool. And what are your influences, Ben? Uh, well, kind of like the same as last time. I like uh, many of the kind of the fusion artists, even some jazz. I mean, like Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock. Uh, there was a guy, I, I don't think I forgot to mention, uh, Jeff Lorber. I like him. He's still doing stuff currently. Um, there's a guy in the older, kind of the older contemporary Christian genre, uh, Michael Almardian. He's produced, he's a producer. He's produced a lot of, you know, big names like Whitney Houston and even Steely Dan, worked with Steely Dan, uh, worked with Dolly Parton. So all, pretty much all of those styles. I, I just like, I like the style of playing and I also like anything that's, it doesn't matter what style or genre. I like anything that has a unique, anything that's unique in it, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. And James, your influences come from classical music, right? And a lot of prog rock. Yes, I learned uh, the first things I learned playing guitar were, uh, you know, I slowed these old 33 or these old 78 records down to 33. And then I tuned my guitar down because. A lot of the music that I was listening to had cello and violin in it, and that's really the those lines, those beautiful classical lines were what I wanted to be able to play and understand. So I had to slow them down because obviously they were too fast for somebody that was a beginner to learn. And that was one of the that was the way that I was able to pick those off because I lived in a very rural community in the desert in the middle of nowhere in Texas. So we didn't really have access to a lot of things. And of course, back then we didn't have YouTube or online lessons or any of that because there was no internet or telephone. Um, in addition- You didn't have a telephone? We didn't have a telephone like cell phones. You know, we had the old rotary dial telephone. <laughs> oh, you had a telephone. We're not going all the way back to like Edison times. Okay. Yeah, no, but uh, in addition to- Picking up a lot of influence from from that, from those records that there were stacks of in my house that belonged to my stepfather. Um, I also 
really liked the police early on in bands like Triumph and Rush, um, ELO, a lot of that real progressive music, even Moody Blues um, was real progressive rock and pop. And uh, I really liked the fact that the arrangements were so unique and different and there was a lot more to them. It was hard to get bored. Yeah. I, I think going along with what James is saying, I mean, I like, I like that kind of stuff too. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, a lot of people would be listening to like, you know, NSYNC or Backstreet Boy. You know, I I, I was born in the early nineties, so you know, how old are you, Ben? Thirty. Yeah. Thirty. Yeah, okay. it was hard to believe because I don't I don't feel it. I don't, I don't think I look it, but you know, but you're so young, yeah. Um, but it, a lot of that, like. At the time, everybody else was listening to, you know, current stuff at the time of the time or whatever. And I was listening to like Earth, Wind and Fire and Bee Gees and Doobie Brothers. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the Bee Gees. You know, just, it was just wonderful harmonies. But uh, and even as, a, you know, like contemporary Christian stuff like DC Talk, you know, Newsboys and stuff like that. So. I sort of I listened to a lot of the kind of stuff and it, as a kid, you know, and then I got introduced to like jazz fusion at a at a later time, which, you know, probably when I was a teenager or something like that. We were both drawn to more progressive music. Yeah. And Ben, you're you're kind of a genius. You're you're kind of a musical genius. You mm-hmm. you, you are uh, why don't you tell everybody, and I don't even know the full breadth of your abilities, but you have the ability to hear a chord, I mean, a crazy chord, anything, and like find it within what, like less than five seconds? Mm-hmm. It, it it depends on how the cra- how crazy the chord is. <laughs> I mean, you know, of, of course, if it's, if it's just triadic harmonies or like C, C major or something. I'm like, okay. But if it's like a bitonal chord or something like that, if I'm listening to like something from Zappa, like, you know, oftentimes, like if I'm trying to learn a piece or, or if I'm just practicing and figuring out new ideas or something, I'll, I will listen to music that's a little bit of a complicated nature, even like what James said, you know, progressive in that style and i would try to you know just just even hearing it just like figuring out okay it's doing this and most of the time like with some of that i might at the first go i might get maybe 60 percent of it (laughs) you know only 60 percent but i mean but but other stuff other stuff like um you know I don't know, Leonard Skinner or something like that. I get it pretty much right the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, no, I love I love that kind of music. I love I love all kinds of music, you know, I really do, but it's just different variations of like what I can hear and I can hear some of that simpler stuff I can get right pretty much the first time. I think well, I can get that right the first time. And oh, and that's just because of like having played for so long but you are way beyond 
like <laughs> you're you're way beyond that. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen or anybody with your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually really impressive. You like picked up mm-hmm. on all of those chords like really, really fast when I played with you the other day. Like yeah, and yeah. and you and James play together all the time. So I have no idea yeah. how long it takes for you to figure out this stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh have I'm just I'm just shocked kind of that you um that you're in Roanoke, Virginia, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's a, something about timing. And yeah, I've always thought like I should have been born like in the, probably when maybe when or a little bit earlier than James or something. I probably would have been like a, in the 1980s. I think there's been a reason that we were put here and yeah, that's putting this time. You know. Ben's purpose is definitely music. He was born with perfect pitch. Yes. You do have perfect pitch, don't you? Yes, he was born with it. And if you if you spend a lot of time self-studying, learning more progressive stuff, you get better at those things as well. You know, you you if you play standards, it'll be fairly easy for you to pick up straight chords. But if you play a lot of prog music and you've really delved into it, then it's easier to pick up on slash chords and stuff yes. like that where you wouldn't normally have because your ear wouldn't have heard that so many times before. I think what I'm going to add on to what James is saying, I think if, like, say, for example, if you were, you know, I want to use the stuck in the dark room cliche analogy. Okay. You know, for, say, if you were stuck there for like maybe, a year or two, of course, you'd have somebody beating you. But say you were exposed to like, like what James was saying, like just say jazz music all the time, and you you had a keyboard. It's not entirely dark, it, or whatever instrument that you played, but you would hear this music for a while. You know, you just hear it, hear it, hear it. I think eventually, somehow, you would be able to. Um, play maybe some of that within maybe a year or something. You know, I think, but it also depends on. I think it depends on too if <clears throat> you're musically inclined. You know, it it depends on the person too. In I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jay or you know Amanda. If you know, is it only like five percent of people in the world are tuned deaf or something? I think it's I, like I two or three percent. I think it's even lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> I think with anything like, you know, switch it around, say just, you know, they get exposed to like maybe simpler music, you know, of whatever genre, doesn't matter. And then they're probably maybe within a year or so, maybe be able to kind of play it verbatim, maybe. I think it it just depends on like your, the location where you're raised. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, because there's a lot of people. But you're I, obsessed with it. Like, this is not a casual thing for you. You are. It's not like you just picked this up because your dad played a bunch of prog rock. Like, yeah. that was me. Yeah. You you are obsessed with music, right? Like. He rolls out of bed in the morning and the first thing that happens is he puts his hands on the keyboard. It is. It's kind of in a way. I always have music going on in my head just kind of constantly right now it's 
nothing actually. I don't know what what's going on. That might have to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but it's, like right this very moment, there's no music in your head. Well, it's 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 kind of a slow. I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's sort of a, almost one note playing. I don't know. This is I don't. Self-destruction
was the only one from the James Legault band. The conversation continues next on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. You're listening to Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. If you're just tuning in, my guests are guitarist James Legault and pianist Ben Epperly from the progressive rock duo The James Legault Band. The song is called Good To Me.
everybody goes through creative spurts where they just can't stop coming up with ideas. And then every once in a while you'll run into the stale spot where you just kind of stagnate for a little bit. But then mm-hmm. usually when you come back, you come back with a renewed interest and hunger. That's right. And that's what's wild about like going long periods of time without really playing a lot. It's funny how it still seems like as you mature, you still continue to get better, even if you're not playing your instrument every single day. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Actually, they say like taking breaks helps the memory more than uh, than like long practices and stuff, which is kind of interesting about brain. Why don't we talk about some of the songs that you that you gave me? What's um what's your latest single? We have a song, a vocal song called Everything and More that was a intentionally written as a pop genre song. We Ben and I write so many things that are uh really progressive and not always palatable to the average listener's ears. Um we figured that uh, it was time for us to do something a little simpler that maybe people could relate to a little bit better, you know? And so every now and then we will step outside of our comfort zone to do something different. And this one just came together pretty quickly and very nicely. It uh, Everybody that we've let listen to it seems to like it okay. But it is very different for, for us. It. It hasn't lost all of the, like some of the, there are some fusion elements kind of snucked in there, you know, subliminal. The chords. You know, the chord, the chords, some of the chords there, you know, but anyway. So what's the story for this one, for your, uh, your, there's there's a commercial hit? There's not so much of a story as it is more of a feeling of hopefulness an understanding of yourself. A little bit of inflection along with projecting a a hopeful scenario onto your future, what you hope to find.
most recent release we did was a song called new dimensions which is a kind of a classically inspired set of arpeggios and scales blended together um and then there's a big airy uh much more uh relaxed uh, section in the middle that's more dreamy and then it comes back into the more classical sounding more defined uh section at the end so uh the way we write typically is i'll write the first minute and a half to two minutes and then i'll say hey ben why don't you throw a bridge on this or what do you think we could go here you want to go there what do you want to do and we just kind of hash it out and he'll come back with something and then i'll say you know that's great now let's just do this and then we'll do that and then we just we Sometimes we don't always agree with which way we want to go, but we ultimately wind up compromising with whatever is ultimately the best for the song itself. And uh, we've been able to get through uh, and make a lot of music. Uh, And that's great. We have a a great writing partnership and relationship. We both uh, have a very strong work ethic, so we work really hard at it. Um, but we also stay on it until we get it done, so we stay productive as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> not all musicians are like that. <laughs> no, I know. I've I've been in bands where it was hard to get anything done because nobody wanted anything to come to existence without it being their idea. <laughs> Ooh, ego, ego battle, huh? But with Ben and I, it's not about us or our egos. It's about what's best for the song, what's best for the music. And we both try to uh, help each other shine in our own ways. You know, we, we back each other up. I said, man, he would, he would sound really good if I throw these chords underneath here for him. <laughs> to solo on endlessly. Yeah. <laughs>
On our instrumental stuff, we both typically have a space that we write for each other or write for ourselves in the song to do our own solos. Most of our music has a pretty strong melodic um, presence, and we try to stay true to that when we do our solos too, but we do change keys and mix things up. Change the feel of the song during certain sections, but uh, we both typically give each other as much space as we want and deserve, and what's best for the song. There you but, go. Uh, what's serving we, the song? That's that's always that's the best intention. Not about us. It's about the music. We're yeah. just trying to create uh, and produce the best music that we possibly can with uh, resources and time and talents that we have. So what's the next song that you have? Yeah, Big Dreams uh, was a song that uh, Ben and I wrote. We actually put a put together an artistic video to go along with that as well. I uh, started working on video production. I've had this audio production set up for a while. Um, and But now I'm adding video to that, so we'll be able to have artistic videos to go along with our produced music when we put it out across the worldwide distribution because uh, videos actually help uh, garner more views because uh, the algorithms tends to prefer uh, video. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, totally. Like for five years. We're trying to, to get with the times when it comes to that so that we can get our music out to the largest audience possible. Yeah, don't, don't want to have the, like Christopher Cross. And, and it was unfortunate this, when MTV came in, and he was kind of forgotten. He was a great songwriter. And he was just like, what? it was MTV. But you kind of have to, you kind of have to do that. You know? I know that I'm, I'm alluding to something from the early 80s. But, you know. <laughs> like, it also it also helps to kind of give people an idea of a theme behind the music because especially when you're talking about instrumental music, which we have done more of yeah. than uh, than songs, music with lyrics. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's we've left it open to the interpretation of most people what they see in their mind's eye when they hear this and they're listening to it. But at the same time. Um, it's nice to be able to put something to that that people can kind of relate to. One of the things that a lot of people have said about this video and the one that's going to be coming out to go along with everything and more is that it's you wouldn't think that the video behind the music would fit, but for some reason it just it's very befitting. You know, it it feels the the visuals that you see in the video actually match the sound of the music. That's right. 
And that's something that I'm very new to trying to do. I'm just kind of getting my feet wet in the video production end. But I think for my first couple efforts, I've done pretty well. Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with myself. Of course, I have a long way to go. <laughs> and that's the thing about Ben and I is we're never satisfied with ourselves. We're always trying to continue to be better musicians by delving into and studying different kinds of music. That's right. When we hear anything interesting, I'm like, man, I got to get my hands on that. What is that? What is that? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I'll share it with Jane. I'm like, man, I'm done, you know. Ben will bring something or I'll bring something and be like, yeah, yeah, let's, oh, I love that, man. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's play with that song. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> but we're here every Saturday, like Music Church, yeah, um, here in the studio. <laughs> we're here every Saturday uh, making food, and making music, and yeah. having a good time doing both.
that was Big Dreams from the James Legault Band. You can listen to the James Legault Band on Spotify or learn more at AppalachianVibes.net. Up next, it's Candace Newman, the artist behind Emerald Pine Originals on Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. You're listening to Appalachian Vibes from WNCW. I'm your host, Amanda Baki. My guest is painter and wood burner Candace Newman from Emerald Pine Originals in Galax, Virginia. Transformation can be messy. When the single mother faced challenges in 2020, she embraced them head-on with the most surprising tool, a paintbrush. My name's Candace Newman. Um, I've been really heavily into art since 2020. Um, I created my own LLC. It's Emerald Pine Originals, and I do original acrylic paintings, and I also do wood burnings, and um, I've started into making and designing Western hats now. What caught you into art in 2020 specifically? Um, I had a new baby, so um, I was like triple time at home. I really couldn't go anywhere at all because I was afraid my kids were going to get sick. And so um, I kind of just got back into drawing and things like that. And I've been artistic my whole life, but just not really um, intentionally, I guess. And so I started doing that and like just doodling and I would draw pictures of my kids and try to draw portraits and things like that. And um, then I actually left a relationship and, um, kind of branched out on my own and I started going on hikes and that was kind of like to clear my head. But then what ended up happening was while I was up there on the mountains or on the trail or wherever I ended up being, I would just get these images, um, in my head of what it would look like painted. And it was just like this compelling feeling of like, you have to go paint this. And that was like, you know, something I never went out and painted a landscape, really. I was mostly just doodling and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just kind of came back home and I took a reference photo while I was up there and just started painting on a canvas. And when I got done, I kind of sent the picture to the people around me and they were like, holy cow, Like that's really good. And I was like, really? <laughs> Do you think so? I tried to sell my art and that's how I paid my bills for like a good three or four months while I was transitioning into, you know, living on my own and being a single mom. You had like this God moment. I'm assuming that you were going through a rough time. Yeah. At the time, I did not realize at all that that's what was happening. Um, Because, I mean, who knows what their path holds before they walk down it? Nobody really, I don't think anybody could say, yeah, I totally knew that that was going to happen. But I definitely, it definitely felt a, a call that I couldn't silence and I couldn't just put it away. And I didn't really know where it was coming from or why I was doing it. But now that I look back after um, leaving my main profession at the time, which was I was a paramedic. I've been a paramedic for the city of Galax since 2013. Um, So my entire adult life, basically, I'm 29. I was serving my community and really seeing like some awful things and dealing with awful things and working um, in a interesting industry for um, a young person, I think, who's never really traveled or been anywhere or seen anything. And that, that was like my, you know, transition into adulthood was to go directly into something like that. And so who would have thought at that point that the, 
the call from God, like you were saying, was to get me out of that profession because there was just more for me. And um, now that I look back, I definitely see that that's what it was because now I, I've transitioned into being a full-time artist as of June of this past year. And I quit my main profession and, um, you know, it's still, it's still working for me. And I feel like um, the call is still very much pulling me and telling me that you have to create um, in order to stay alive. That's, that's kind of the best way I can describe it. It's like, no matter what I'm creating, um, painting or like I said, wood burning, it kind of just manifests in different ways now. Um, creating the things that come into my mind feels like the only thing that I can really do that makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. And I know that as long as I do that, I'll always, the path is the right one. I'm doing the right thing. Becoming an artist as a single mother while you're transitioning out of a relationship has to be like a really um, complicated choice to make, knowing that uh, typically people don't look at artistry as security, but for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely um, like what you're talking about with the security thing. It's not socially the thing that most people want will hear you say, like, I'm quitting my full-time job as a paramedic that I have a degree in and I've worked for a really long time to get to this position. It's a very safe place, you know, and um, guaranteed that I'm, I'm going to get a paycheck. And I'm doing this after getting into a position where I'm only relying on myself to take care of my children. It's definitely not something that the people around you are going to applaud you for most of the time. But I will say I'm very lucky to have a support system around me that has always been nothing but supportive, even when their eyebrows are raised when they hear what I have to say, um, because I'm definitely not out here um, painting like, you know, groundbreaking <laughs> any kind of um, century changing art. Do you know what I mean? I'm just doing something that comes out of me that I feel like I need to do. Uh, but it just works. And I think that there's never a time that you're going to do what you feel like you need to do when you feel it with that much conviction that some people aren't going to think you're crazy because some somebody is always going to be like, wow, this is a terrible decision. But um, I think the the key is trusting that intuition, I guess, and that deeper rooted inner calling and inner knowing where you see the path with each step you take, you see the path. So each time I take a step, I don't know that I'm stepping in the right place, but as I'm putting my foot down, it's like, it shows me like, yep, this was, this is the right thing to do. Keep heading, keep heading this way. You've got it. Everything's good. You can learn more about Candace Newman and Emerald Pine Originals on Facebook, Etsy, or head over to AppalachianVibes.net to see the artwork that changed her life. Appalachian Vibes is brought to you by Galax Tourism, made possible by Virginia is for Lovers. Galax Tourism, building our future while celebrating our past. You can learn more about Galax at visitgalax.com. I'm Amanda Baki. I'll see y'all Saturday morning at 6 a.m. for the full hour of Appalachian Vibes from WNCW 89.3.